Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Rotating Reels, the film review podcast where we alternate between new releases and favorites recommended by the co-hosts. You're calling in to our review of Train to Busan, a B-Week. I'm one of your hosts, Keegan Tran, calling in from Portland, Oregon. And with me today, I have two guests. No, I have one guest, excuse me. <laughs> two co-hosts. One of the regulars that you guys are usually used to, Hank Showalter calling in from Seattle, Washington. Hello. And we have Zach from the Two People and a Podcast. Zach, I'm sorry, I don't know where you're calling in from, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Zach. Uh, I have my own podcast that I have with a host. I am from Clarksville, Arkansas. So it is like a very southern town, but right now I'm in uh, college, my new dorm room. Um, yeah, so I have a podcast um, where I basically analyze movies, TVs, games, stuff like that. Nice. Where uh, are you in school in Arkansas as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to college, like nearby. Nice. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for joining us from a different time zone. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So yeah, this is uh, we're gonna be doing a B week, uh, and actually because our host Taylor is actually out for uh, presumably another week or two, uh, this is actually perfect. The Zach had reached out to us. Uh, we had him fill in uh, to pick a movie, and he picked Train to Busan. Uh, before we get to that, a couple other orders of business. First, uh, we will be linking two people to podcast in the show notes, so go swing by Zach's show, um, give it a listen. Um, we also follow it on Instagram, so if you're on our Instagram, we'll go ahead and post something with them as well. Um, on top of that, if you're a fan of the show and you want to support, again, we do have a Patreon. You can find us at rotatingreels.com. Uh, most Patreons usually have a $5, $10, $15 tier. Again, $5, and you get unfettered access to all of the stuff that we're posting there which in my opinion is a huge deal that's a really great bargain but uh if you you know if you want to support either of our two shows in a way that doesn't involve you know spending money every month a huge way that you can help either show out both rotating reels or two people in a podcast swing it over to apple podcasts drop us you know a one sentence review saying which host is your favorite which one do you think has the cutest voice uh and then a little, little five-star review it always helps bump us up in the uh in the algorithm so it'd be greatly appreciated Cool. But with that, uh, before we get into our review of Train to Busan, we have one other order of business, which is our uh, segment, What We've Been Watching. So I'm going to hand it over to each co-host. They're going to have three minutes to walk through their past watch week uh, and tell us uh, movies, television shows, whatever they have been up to. So, uh, Zach, as a guest, I will hand it over to you first. Your three minutes start now. Okay. Uh, okay, so I've been seeing uh, too many movies recently, but um, two movies that I have seen that I liked are um, Free Guy, which is out in theaters right now, and Django, which is a film that's directed by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, so I'll talk about Django first. Um, so the first time I watched it, it wasn't that good. Uh, or it was, it, was, it was good. I just didn't pay attention to it because I was on my phone. Um, and then the second time I watched it, I was like, I'm like eight years older now or something. I watched it when I was like 11. Um, it was, it was, it's really good. I really, I'm starting to appreciate Quentin Tarantino's work way more as I grow older. Um, I liked how gory it was. I liked how stylish it was. It's just a great film overall. Um, and I, I think I might binge all the Quentin Tarantino movies ever. And as for the next film, Free Guy, it um, it released recently. Like it's out in theaters. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but um, 
has, stars Ryan Reynolds. Um, he's the lead character. It is directed by, I, I forgot his name, but I think he directed like some other pretty big films that are like adventure types. Um, and it's it's a funny movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there is a complaint I have about it though. Um, so like they want to make it seem like it's for gamers and stuff, the film. So they have like YouTubers appear and they have Ninja appear. And he's like, whoa, I let, who's this Who's this free guy? He's he's so cool and I love him. But it's like, it's, it's really cringy and out of touch. Um, <laughs> but besides that, it's a, it's a really fun film and I definitely recommend it. And uh, nice. I think that's all I have for now. Cool. No, definitely two good movies. I, uh, yeah, we, we just reviewed Free Guy. I think we, uh, we had similar thoughts on it. It was pretty fun, if not the most in touch. Yeah. <laughs> I actually read a letterbox review for it this week, and someone said, I will never watch a movie that talks about video game terms in a way that makes me, don't, that makes me not want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunately pretty true, Free Guy. But uh, did you have high expectations going in? I know Hank and I were pretty down on it, but like kind of pleasantly surprised after we watched it. Um, I, I, okay, so I've been, I've been watching the trailers for the past year, basically, because it's, it's been yeah. in theaters, like, it's been in the theater trailers for the past year. Um, the, at first, I thought it was going to be a cool concept, but then I was just like, I'll just go see it. I don't know how it's going to be. Um, but I was, I was really pleasantly surprised, like, um, guys were, it was definitely a fun film, and I would recommend it, despite the uh, out-of-touch gamer go. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun one, for sure totally agree all right, right. also Hank. congrats for off. making oh, it in under three minutes we often have trouble with that on this show so <laughs> yeah <laughs> all, right. all right hank let's kick off your week cool um so i've had kind of a medium what i've been watching week uh i had an abnormal amount of time to myself over the past week which meant that i got to watch <laughs> some hank picks which was uh, pretty good fun um, I watched a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Excuse me. Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is an HBO comedy series um, starring Larry David. Um, I really like it. Uh, it's, you know, a bit edgy. It's an HBO series, and I think it started in the 90s, and it kind of watches like it. But, I, you know, I, I can enjoy that kind of humor. But uh, it's one of those shows that uh, I... I I enjoy a lot more than most of the people I've tried to watch it with. Um, so anyway, I was excited to have some time to watch it on my own. I think Larry David's really funny. Uh, it's a real fun show about someone being a dick. Um, <laughs> and uh, it came out years before Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So yeah, overall, I'd recommend it. But you got to be able to handle uh, some, some, some terrible things being said. But uh, anyway, that's one thing I watched. <clears throat> I also started catching up on, or not catching up, but uh, re-watching a little bit of Key and Peele. Um, I hadn't seen their show in a, in a while because I didn't want to be the guy that was recommending, like, hey guys, let's watch some Key and Peele sketches, because I know they can be kind of <laughs> hit or miss. But I, uh, I, I have in the past watched through the entire show front to back, and I started just kind of going through it uh, again front to back on YouTube recently. And uh, I, I enjoy it pretty well. Um, I, 
I don't know. I, I, I've been excited to see uh, Peel coming over to like the directorial seat and doing some of his movie stuff. Um, but I, I do kind of miss his face uh, as, as a comedian because I think they're, they're pretty funny guys. So anyway, if you haven't seen Key and Peele, definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think the only thing I have is this week's review, Train to Busan. And I'm going to wait to give my thoughts until we get to that segment. Nice. Great, great list. Did you, with uh, Key and Peele, did you start again from the beginning or just kind of grab stuff randomly from the middle? Right from the beginning. I, uh, nice. you know, I, I feel like it's hard to keep track of what I have and haven't watched recently if I don't do it chronologically. So just yeah. do it in order. Nice. We, uh, we in the Keegan community look upon Mr. Key very well. Uh, he's done great things for our names. So <laughs> <laughs> appreciate his work endlessly. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I think that just leaves me. Um, so I also had a fairly light watch week as well. Um, first thing I want to call out was a television show I started watching. Um, and this is a part of the whole FX on Hulu. Um, and so like Dave is there. I think, I don't, I don't want to say Handmaid's Tale, but I know there's a fair amount of uh, shows that are uh, like originally premiere on FX and then the next day are on Dave or are on, geez, Hulu. Uh, and one of those is Reservation Dogs. Um, and this is a new show which is executive produced by Taika Waititi. Um, and it's set in small town Oklahoma. Um, and it's an entirely uh, Native American cast, entirely Native American crew. Um, and it's basically kind of a, you know, the title is obviously a play on Reservoir Dogs, but the show is basically just about some like small town, very, very rural Indian kids um, and just kind of their exploits and their their lives trying to get out of small town Oklahoma. Um, it's really fun. It's really quippy. It's definitely, it has kind of that look of an FX show, right? Like it, if you line it up with like Dave or Atlanta, um, like that kind of green tint, um, lots of drone shots, lots of like really nice kind of static cinematography. Um, it's very like in place with the rest of their lineup, but it's really, really good, man. Um, it's a really fun take on like cultural identity, but it's from a perspective from Native American kids that I feel like we just don't ever see. Um, and there's like huge high profile people, you know, like Bobby Lee comes in for a couple episodes. Um, this is like not a small show and I think people are really, really liking it. Mindy Kaling is is like uh, tweeting about it and stuff. So I'm, I'm just super stoked to see a, a Native American story that is this good and has this much money behind it and is getting so much kind of support. Um, so I definitely check that out. I think there's four episodes out as of now. Um, and then I watched two movies. I'll go pretty quick. Uh, the first one was Vivo, which is a uh, Netflix original by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, and one of the, I think the top review on Letterboxd is like all, what do they say? Like all Lin-Manuel Miranda projects, this movie could use less Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, of course, he is a great writer and he's really good uh, songwriter, but he overinserts himself in like to an insane degree he voices the main character who's supposed to be this cute little monkey uh, which is just completely unnecessary uh, but it's a it's a cute movie it's uh very much just like a, a non-offensive family movie but i enjoyed it watched it with my girlfriend uh dozed in and out a couple times but it was a nice sunday evening watch <laughs> um and then lastly, I watched the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think this is from the late 70s. Um, and I'd never seen this before. Um, and it's a lot of fun. There's a young, oh, I'm blanking on his name, who is a young Jeff Goldblum. Um, really, really fun cast here. Uh, very, very like Cronenberg-esque practical effects. I don't know if he directly worked on this, but there's a lot of fun like puppetry going on. So really, really grotesque stuff that you get with practical that you just don't get with CGI these days. 
Um, like a lot of 70s horror movies, it's super long. Like, it drones on a ton and has, like, really stupid bullshit shots sprinkled in throughout the entire movie. And it doesn't need to be two hours at all. Uh, but for those, you know, shots of disgusting naked vine bodies coming out of big plant pods, man, you're not going to get any better. It's it's pretty undefeated in that regard. And I won't spoil it, but uh, I was shocked by the ending. I haven't been so surprised by a final shot uh, since I, you know, in, in months. So... Really, really fun. I'd highly recommend that. And that was on Prime Video. That kind of rounds out my week. I'll have to check that one out. I was unaware that uh, Jeff Goldblum was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And I'll watch anything with Jeff in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's great. He convinced me back at Jurassic Park when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) It's very very The Fly, Jeff Jeff Goldblum. Mm -hmm. Very that era, which is wonderful. Cool. All right, so I think that rounds us out. I think we're uh, finally ready to talk some Train to Busan. Um, so, Zach, you're our guest this week. Um, I'll give it to you first, A, to talk about your your thoughts on this movie, non-spoilers. But why don't you also tell us, you know, why'd you pick this movie? Uh, um, all right, so this is like the non-spoiler section, isn't it? Yeah. Non-spoilers, and then, okay. yeah, why'd you pick it? Okay. I, uh, I got to say, I appreciate what um, Train to Busan does for like zombie flicks at least like you know like comparatively like the movie came out in 2016 um i I think it did um so like comparing it to movies around the same time uh we've just kind of been in a lull i guess um on like great zombie movies and um i gotta commend the uh director and stuff because this is this is an excellent movie i feel like um, I, I like how it differs from the regular zombie formula um, because the zombies like they turn instantly and they're uh, and, and they go really fast or whatever they, they run really fast um, I, I like the characters and I, I don't usually watch movies that are in like I, th- I think it's in Korean right mm-hmm. um, I, I, I yeah I've only seen parasite that has you know uh, but this this is this was I didn't even notice it. Like honestly, I bet you could watch this without any audio or subtitles, and you could probably understand most of what's happening. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So, um, like I said, I I really like the characters. I really like the actions. Our action. Some of the shots are really cool. Like um, whenever a zombie was running, it like had a front shot of their face as they were running around. Um, I. I um, I love the setting too because it's like a most of it takes place on a train, um, mm-hmm. and to me that's just like that's really cool. I, same thing with a uh, was Snowpiercer. I love that. I just love yep. things that take place on trains because uh, <laughs> it's such an innovative way of you know depicting certain situations. And uh, as I was saying before, as for zombie movies, this does a great job being a zombie movie. Um, yeah, so like I said, the zombies were, you know, fast and stuff, and the way that people react to it, it's it's kind of realistic too because like there there was a scene where um, the zombie had first entered the train and it started um, attacking somebody, and all the other characters there they were just like freaked out and frozen and not moving at all, um, which I thought was like we don't usually see that like. In some movies, as soon as the zombie outbreak happens, some people just like they know what's going to happen and they just start shooting. Um, but in this case, it was just 
you know. And also, I gotta give it to the uh, characters, or I guess the writing, because the characters did react realistically whenever it came to certain events. Uh, and that's also a big thing I like about the movie is that, you know, they they solved certain problems with very invent inventive ways, like um, uh, the zombies cannot. They mainly rely on vision, so they decide to cover up the uh, the glass door uh, behind them, and that makes the zombies not care about them anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and we get we give the rating later on, don't we? Yeah. Not yep. Now. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that after spoilers. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I could say about it. Um. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm good for now. I could yeah. probably like talk off of what you say later <laughs> on. For sure. I mean, sa- sounds safe to to presume that you really enjoy this movie. Um, definitely like something you recommended, not because it would be like a, a crap movie that's fun to pick apart, but just kind of like a, a good experience overall, right? Yeah, it was it was amazing when I first saw it like a while ago. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I get to watch it again. Yeah, no, thank you for the recommendation. It was, it was fun to revisit. And uh, Hank, do you do you share Zach's thoughts? Do you diverge wildly and hate this movie? No, no, I really liked this movie. Um, and I say that as like a big, big horror fan. You know, I've seen a lot of zombie movies in my time. Most recently uh, was whatever that Zack Snyder one was that we watched. Army, Army of the, the Dead. Dead. There we go. Yep. And, you know, that was... I, I enjoyed it kinda but uh, this movie just blew that out of the water it blew most zombie movies I've seen out of the water um, and for a lot of the reasons that Zach brought up you know he was saying like the setting was really uh, interesting and I totally agree with that like a zombie uh, outbreak on a train in South Korea like w- w- it's so different from everything we're used to you know it's South Korea so not everyone's yeah. like a cowboy touting guns it's on a train, so not only are they trapped, but there's like no line of sight past 20 feet in front of you. Um, it, it just the setting played into the movie in all these interesting ways that are just totally things that I haven't gotten from other zombie movies. Um, so it was exciting. It was fun to watch. Uh, the acting was great. The production value was great. Um, and for the first time in forever, a zombie movie felt really fresh. Like, there wasn't anything I was watching, and I was just like, wow, that was real tropey. You know, it all felt fresh, even though, <laughs> you know, it was basically zombies. Um, so, yeah, overall, I loved it. I don't want to say too much more for fear of spoiling it, uh, but how did you feel, Key? Yeah, so this is actually, like Zach, this is my second time watching the movie. Um, I watched it when it was, like, fairly new. Uh, back in like 2016 2017 um and i agree like this is a period of time where zombie movies were not that fresh like i think blood quantum is a zombie movie i can think of from that time that was really good but kind of more on the indie side um right like i think it's we're in kind of a lull um like in this post romero era uh this post 28 days later era um and i honestly this was one of my first created movies i'd ever watched and i liked it but i didn't love it uh, and then as the years would go on, I would hear people talk about it. And uh, I think this movie comes up in a lot of lists of like, 
you know, you want to get into Korean thrillers and Korean horror, uh, here's where to start. And in that regard, I think it's a super accessible movie. Um, and I don't disagree that this is a really good entry point to Korean cinema. Um, but watching it again, I just, I want to love this movie so bad. And I like it. I think conventionally it does things really, really well. But I think there's, there's just something missing for me that I just, I don't love it. And I don't want to go back to it and revisit it um, in a way that certain other zombie movies I do. Um, to that regard, though, I agree. Like, you know, the conventions of the zombies, the fact that they can run so quickly and they change so quickly, absolutely terrifying. Um, and I don't necessarily consider it a gimmick that they are so, like, sight-driven. I think, like, The Last of Us and a couple other zombie <clears throat> movies and shows have had this whole thing of, like, zombies that are really driven by sound. And I always think it's really fun when our characters have to, like, you know, they have, there's a significant new element that they have to play around. Like, you know, we always have to cover up our site or, or, you know, play with these tunnels as we drive through them. And we have two minutes to get to the next car or something like that. Um, I think there's a lot of fun elements around the train, like you guys said as well. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to be too down on this movie. I think there's some silliness that kept me from loving it, but overall it's, it's, it's really good, man. I, I can't argue with it at all. Um, Don Lee, who's I think kind of the, he steals the show here. That's the really big guy whose wife is pregnant. Um, he had done some bit parts in television before this, uh, but never really a big movie actor before Train to Busan. Uh, but then he became such a big fan favorite from Train to Busan that it just really kicked off his career. And now he's going to be in a freaking <clears throat> Marvel movie later this year. Uh, he's going to be nice. in Chloe Zhao's Eternals. So, you know, I, I love it for kickstarting his career. Uh, also, the kid from Parasite, the main character, is a baseball player here who's a little underused in my opinion, but man, it's, it's just fun to start seeing familiar faces. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely a lot more that I have to say in spoilers. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I'm I'm a lukewarm like-not-love like on this one. <laughs> Any, I can't uh, believe it, Keegan. I'm just... I know. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> maybe, you know what? Maybe I did really like it, but then I heard Hank say he loved it so much, and I just felt like being very contrary. I think I just want to argue is mostly where I come in on this. <laughs> <laughs> just like being argumentative. Right. Any, uh, I guess, any any lasting thoughts before we move into spoilers? Uh, yeah, I guess just one last thing from me is Dong Lee totally stole the show. Like, oh, so what good. an energy he had. Like, every scene he was in, you know, just punching zombies with his bare fists. And I was like, what a man. I, uh, I, I would watch a whole movie about him. <laughs> but, uh, Don anyway. Lee can punch me in the head any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. He's a, he's a great character. Um, I, I loved how, like, kind of overpowered he was. It, it kind of... The movie kind of needed somebody like that to just like save everyone yeah and even the way oh wait never mind that's a spoiler <laughs> moment <laughs> i know what you're gonna talk about I'll, I'll make you save that one but yeah i mean not only is he like physically super imposing but i just feel like he has a lot of charisma on scene right i think he's written well he's just he's a super charismatic guy he just every scene he's in he steals and i think like the main character is a he's a big mainstay in a lot of uh, korean dramas and a lot of like korean cinema um but and I don't think he's bad, but I think he's just like, he's definitely there because he's like super handsome. And I think he's like a, a bit of a, like he fills seats in Korea, right? Like he's kind of a, a big like movie star over there. But man, in my head canon, Don Lee's the main character all the way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I wish for before a while we... that was true, but yeah. yeah <laughs> before I move to spoilers, I want to, so I've, we've done this with a couple other movies like informally, but 
I guess I'll go to each of you. Uh, so Hank first. If there was, I guess, what's one thing that you saw in this movie that you feel like you didn't, you haven't gotten from any other movie uh, that's similar? And what's one thing that you wish you could change about this movie? Oh, okay. So one thing that uh, I've seen from this movie that I haven't gotten from any other zombie movies, uh, or any other movie, but this is kind of in the context of zombie movies, sure. is I have never seen a zombie movie with no guns in it. And this movie had, like, huh. a gun up here in, like, the very end scene. But the vast majority of this movie, these people have no way of dealing with the zombies. Like, I'm so used to the American take where they can just so easily find, like, an M15, an AK-47, and they're just <laughs> mowing down zombies. Or, or, you know, they get a tractor and strap some M6, you know, something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in this movie, I was just blown away that the entire movie, they just had kind of, like, their bare hands and, I guess, a couple baseball bats to deal with the zombie menace. Crazy to me. Really enjoyed that. Uh, totally not something I'd seen before. Didn't really even know to expect it. I just figured there would be guns at some point. Um, yeah. And uh, one thing I would have changed about the movie is the soundtrack really seemed like outdated Hollywood music to me. Um, hmm. Like it didn't have a lot of a lot of character uh, compared to the rest of the movie that I thought was really distinct. And it didn't even really seem like that with the times. Like the soundtrack, it, it was there and it fit the moods. But uh, in a movie with so many excellent parts, I was like, oh, we could have done a bit more with the orchestra just saying for sure but uh yeah so that's what i would have changed all right cool zach so one thing you saw here that you haven't seen before one thing you could change uh yeah so i wish more zombie movies would confine the uh characters to a spot like this movie did because it confined them to a um a trade also um what, what was the uh i think it was the zach snyder film that took place at a mall uh dawn of the dead it's a remake of romero movie yeah yeah that that i also like that too because you know it's in in the confines of a place i guess Mm -hmm. um so i I just want more train films basically (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair enough um and then one thing i wish that i could change um i kind of thought that the uh the um main character was like it was he was okay but he was also kind of forgettable to me sure um and also i have a a gripe about in in these kind of movies there's also there's always one guy who's like against everyone and he will purposely like betray or harm people you know like just for his own selfishness um and i i hated seeing that again especially since he didn't really get you know his comeuppance yeah Absolutely. Guys, yeah, I, I love this uh, confined zombie movie take. I think, like, a lot of zombie movies are, are big, especially, like, in Western movies, right? Well, not Western, but I, uh, American-produced movies. They're so, like, quick to make this a big roaming road trip action movie where we're moving from, like, set piece to set piece. But I think, like, it really deters from the human drama of it where, like, hey, man, we have, like, six main characters and you're trapped in a train car with them. It really adds to the tension for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think if I had real quick one thing I love in this movie that I just I don't see it anywhere else, man. And it's it's so big to me that I literally thought about introducing this segment just because of it. Why in other zombie movies do we not see people going so nuts with arm protection? Like there's a scene where 
they find some duct yes. tape and they just absolutely go bananas on their forearms, right? Like Don Lee, I think he should have gone crazier with his hands, but like, you know, up past his elbow and then the baseball kid does it too. Cause it's like, right, we don't have guns. We're gonna have to start brawling with these things. They're gonna start biting inevitably. So why not start wrapping ourselves up? And it is, it is so awesome. Cause he just starts, he's just a tank of a man, right? But it's like, he looks even cooler with these duct tape gauntlets. And it's such a cheap, easy solution that any other zombie movie could like easily implement. Um, That's, I exactly thought that same thing. Yeah, so I, I love, love that. Uh, and then Hate, man, I, I think I'm gonna have to steal from Zach here, and this is a, a good way to move us into spoilers, but there is a character in this movie that is so <laughs> morally reprehensible, and you're watching this movie and you feel sick. I felt like I could kill this man with my hands reaching through the screen if I were there. I was so angry watching this person. Which is, you know, it's good writing, good casting, but this is a little bit of a spoiler. It doesn't feel like it culminates to enough. doesn't feel like this character gets enough of a comeuppance, uh, which is a little bit unfortunate. And I wanted that sweet poetic justice that we never got. <laughs> that seems like a great segue into spoilers. Absolutely. All right, so we are going to move into our spoiler section of the show where everything goes. But before then, let's take a pee break, guys. All right, and we are now fully in spoiler territory at this point. Uh, I know, Zach, there was at least two things you were going to say beforehand that were spoilers, so why don't I hand it back to you? Something about Don Lee's strength and something about a character not getting their comeuppance. I'll tee you up to whatever whatever's on your mind, spoiler territory. Okay. Uh, the first thing's about the... Uh, Don Lee, is that his name? Yep, Don Lee. Okay, yeah. Uh, he... Uh... He died in the coolest way possible. I loved it. So he uh, he was basically like holding a door, and he was like, you know, you know, he was holding it because there were a bunch of zombies behind it, and he just like told the other characters to go and stuff, even his like pregnant wife, um, and even after the zombies passed through the door, and he he was bitten on the hand too, so he was gonna turn anyway, and that's that's kind of like the biggest show of how cool he is is the fact that like everyone else turns in like a second. He turned in like two minutes or something. Um, so yeah, after the zombies broke through the door, he just like, he held them back for like a solid 20 seconds. Um, and then he just started beating the crap out of them. <laughs> and even when he did turn, he kind of still had like some consciousness in him. Um, and I just, I just thought like, he died in the coolest way ever. It was the best sacrifice. Absolutely um, agree. And as for the uh, the the bad dude, I guess the um, he uh, so I'm pretty sure he turned into a zombie, didn't he? Yeah, I have found him in the uh, yeah they they found him in the engine that they switched over to, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I, I was like I was like, is that the train conductor? Or is that the guy? Um, but yeah, so he was a complete asshole. Um, <laughs> He uh, he basically for like no reason except for um, just wanting to be in control. I guess he left the other characters to die, the main characters, um, and he scared all the other characters by being like, you know, don't don't help them. They don't deserve to be helped for no reason. Like it would have been, like they had plenty of time to just open a door and let them in, um, but he just didn't want to. And even when he like. Even when the main characters did get through the door with all the with all the rest of the survivors, 
um, he was being beaten up by the main dude because, you know, I'd be mad too, especially if I lost, like, two people because of that. Um, the guy was like, he's infected, he's going to turn, so then they had to separate him again, um, which is stupid. <laughs> and then whenever he does die, it isn't like... I, he should have died in the worst way possible. He should have, like... You know, he should have been torn apart by zombies. But instead, he's like, oh, I, I, he doesn't even know he's a zombie, first of all. That's how, like, selfish he is. <laughs> That's, um, and then when he's told he's a zombie, he, like, you know, he, he tries to attack the main character. Um, and then he's just like, he, he has, in order for him to be killed, he has to be sacrificed, basically, mm -hmm. like, by the main character. Um, but honestly, he should have, like, he should have been, like, I don't know, kicked off the train, like, way before. Yeah. He should have. Or, I yeah. feel like it should have been. He should have died in human form, being killed by another human. Like it, it had to be something, just so mm. horrific to match the amount of death that he mm. caused. Because, like you're right, he he didn't let our main characters into his cabin, right? Because like they had plenty of time. They were holding that door back. They could have made it easily. There's scenes where he pushes a train conductor to the ground to feed him to the zombies. He like consistently tells them to leave people behind, and he like even used leverages his status as like I think he's the COO of the train company. And he tells the conductors like, "Hey, like I am a higher up. You need to listen to me. We need to go." Just consistently being a douchebag, and I think the the first introduction to him is when he sees the homeless man, you know, who's actually predicting correctly. Like there's a homeless man in the bathroom, and he's like, "Everyone's dead," and then. This, the COO points to him and says to the young girl, who's one of our main characters, like, if you don't study, you're going to end up like him. And then she says, that's what my mom, or she, she says, my mom says people who say that are bad people. And he goes, well, she, your mom must have flunked out of school then. Like, just a reprehensible character through and through, and I wish he would have gotten it worse. Hank, do you have, do you have feelings about this? Yeah, like, I, uh... I, obviously, I hated the the selfish dude. Like he's like shoving schoolgirls down into the zombies so they can get get away from him. Just the worst guy ever. And then like seeing like his 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 outro was just kind of getting plopped off the train at relatively <laughs> low speed. I was like ah, like I don't want to say like oh I wanted to see him die because that sounds terrible, but I kind of <laughs> you know. I was kind of like, ah, oh, he is the worst. If yeah. someone has to get eaten, it should be him. And uh, he basically had a had a peaceful out, which I didn't love. But uh, I gotta wonder, like, do you think that actor is getting like the Joffrey Baratheon treatment, where people act like he's a real person <laughs> or a real terrible person? Because I would be worried about that if I was so reprehensible in a film. Yeah, he has the most punchable face ever, man. I even I had that distinction where if I saw that guy I'd be like, you know what? I know you're an actor, but <laughs> I I hate you. <laughs> yeah, you decided to play a bad character. Yeah. <laughs> your agent, man. That's who's to blame here. Should have been should have been pickier with your scripts. <laughs> In I guess that, that moves into one of the things I wanted to ask you guys about is I think one of the one of the big themes throughout this entire movie that we get with our main character, but that trickles over to this side cast as well, is uh, of selflessness and of like, you know, at, in times of emergency, do you put yourself first or do you put others first? And the main character is like, you know, really, really busy. He's a fund manager. Other characters call him a leech because of his job. And he often doesn't have time for his daughter. 
he buys her the same gift that he bought her for like child's day like he, he's so forgetful he doesn't really know what she wants doesn't even really talk to her the whole reason he's on this train is because his daughter's so fed up with his absentness that she wants to go see her mom who actually pays attention to her um and so on one hand right like you know the the horrible character that we we're talking about the C coo he does eventually die right but in a way i feel like his character was almost at odds with the movie's themes of you know people who are good should be rewarded for that because you know it is somewhat realistic in that people who choose others kind of suffer for it but it, it doesn't feel good right it's it's still and, and i don't know if that's necessarily at odds but i still did feel kind of crappy seeing that guy last that long when kind of at the end of the second act we think that he dies and then somehow miraculously he's still alive to make it to the third act so i don't know maybe it's maybe i just wanted to see him off earlier do, what are you guys' thoughts on this whole self-improvement motif yeah I, I definitely felt like he undermined it you know the main character's journey is one from being like ah oh, don't even talk to me honey i'm too busy to being like a caring father yeah and this coo guy you know came in and was the worst at every possible mm -hmm. moment and it basically worked for him every time until the very end um and you know i, I guess like you know the fact <clears throat> that it eventually failed on him might be more in line with the, the the film's message but i i did feel like it was kind of weird to see that just going so well with, for him when the people trying to act good were just completely beset and most of them still died um so yeah yeah it, it felt felt kind of bad seeing him <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> zach what's your what's your take on the whole self-improvement theme um I, I thought that he kind of almost became father of the year right before he died. Yeah. I mean, he did, like, sacrifice himself, kind of, um, for the safety of his daughter and someone else. Um, so, you know, I just, like, at first, he, he was not a good father, especially with the, uh, I thought it, I thought the Wii thing was funny, where he got her, like, another Wii after she already had one. Um <laughs> But he he did become a good character, like through all the um, all the experiences that he went through. Because like, I mean, he he went back um, for his daughter, I think, um, like one time at least, and then he protected her from that last zombie guy at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like maybe it was his job that was like causing him to not be so caring. But you know, despite all that, like in the face of like this chaos he still managed to like at least try and protect everyone that he could and he kind of accomplishes that goal um well not really because everyone dies but <laughs> <laughs> you know at least he protects his daughter long enough and don lee's wife she makes it all the way to the end with her you know i hope that baby's all right she's been she's been running man that poor lady's been knocked mm -hmm. around but hopefully she has a successful childbirth so we he saved three lives hopefully yeah I, I would have been so mad if uh, the soldiers had shot them, oh. you know, as they were walking yeah. through the tunnel. Yeah, no, I saw that scene and I was just you know, clenched up so hard, like, don't <laughs> shoot her, you dick. <laughs> full, full pucker. <laughs> yeah, full yeah. pucker. Man, nice. Okay, and uh, I guess, so one of the other things too is like, uh, that I wanted to bring up was this, uh, I guess the the kickoff of how this whole thing goes crazy, right? Because our first exposure to this is we see a farmer hit a deer. And the deer, with some pretty cool CGI, actually 
comes back to life and then we, it has like a cloudy eye. It looks like it has cataracts. And I thought that was a really cool way to introduce the viewer to the, the premise of the zombie, right? Like it's, it's quick. We know what's going on. Um, and we also visually understand what the zombies are going to look and like move like, which I think is, is completely unspoken, but really fun. Um, but we kind of get these like hints throughout the movie of what might've started things. Um, and they're all kind of quick, the quick cuts are there maybe like off screen, like kind of conversations. What do you guys think kicked this off? Cause I have a, I think it's something bio, like bio leak, but is that, am I right in that? What did you guys take from this? Yeah, I, I think it was some sort of like a bio weapon that got unintentionally released or something because the the main mm-hmm. character, you know, his, his investment fund apparently invested in some biotech company and they said that that was like ground zero of, every, of everything that happened and then his analyst called him and said like is this our fault which you only ask if there's a possibility it's your fault you know you don't ask <laughs> it if you're just like yeah i've never yeah. done anything wrong um yeah so uh I, I got the sense that it was like something that was developed intentionally and let loose unintentionally but that was just my read yeah Zach, what was your... Do you, uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely, like, you know, the uh, that company or whatever, or the bioweapon, that, the company that made the bioweapon or whatever. Um, and, and I'm kind of, like, I thought it was cool how, um, you know, at, it begins with them, like, already quarantining, kind of. Yeah. But then there's like a, a deer that just like escapes, happens to escape. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty gnarly scene when that deer gets up again. But I, I you know, shot for shot, that might be one of my favorite sequences in the whole movie when it's it's kind of bones are recracking and it's getting back up. It's disgusting, but visually stunning. Yeah, I mean visually stunning, oh, yeah. but it didn't have any Dong Lee in it, so it's not my my favorite <laughs> scene of the movie. <laughs> Come on, Keegan. Yeah, if he would have been there, he could have just destroyed that deer and none of this would have happened. There's one <laughs> of his greatest KOs in the movie is a zombie's running at him and instead of punching it, he picks it up and slams it into the ceiling of the train car and then it falls and just dies. Um, and there's yeah. So there were some crazy press shots of Don Lee um, curling that he, he produced on his Instagram where his arms are like probably as wide as my torso. Like... The man is absolutely enormous, and I don't know why. I don't think he had a. He's not like like a John Cena or a Dave Batista where he was formerly a wrestler. Like he's just big for the sake of being big, apparently. Uh, and he's so big that The Rock has claimed that's the number one person he would arm wrestle if given the opportunity, which is a crazy feat. Like if if that's you know if you could <laughs> die with just that on your tombstone, man, that's a good way to live. <laughs> yeah. I would instantly lose if I had to arm wrestle him. <laughs> yeah, he'd snap all of us. Uh, cool. Any other like <laughs> big spoiler stuff that you guys wanted to talk about, wanted to cover? Um, there was this really cool scene with him whenever um, they were running to get on the train that was departing, and he 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 couldn't like reach the uh, the door, I guess. But then, like he uh, he picked up like a police baton and a shield, and he had his like Captain America moment where he just like I just imagine the Avengers music playing whenever that <laughs> happened. Yeah, that was it was crazy because he was already going kind of slow, 
I was like, man, he's not going to make it. He's not going to get on the train door. And then he stops, and I'm like, oh, no. Is he going to he gonna die here? Somehow, he makes up all that lost time, still gets on the train car. So kudos to him, man. He's a big guy who can run fast, I guess. <laughs> yeah, watching him power through that was one of my favorite moments in the movie. I was like, we've lost him, and then we didn't, and it was awesome. I mean, we, we lost him later, and that sucked. But uh, that <laughs> moment, you know, getting to still have him with us felt really good. Yeah, I'm man. I I'm so glad that you guys also took away that that was the best part of this movie because he man he's so good and I know he's gonna be good in Eternals. He actually uh, he studied. I was reading his bio page and he actually studied at Ohio State or Columbus State University. He came over to America to study. I want to say theater for four years and then went back to Korea to start his acting career. But perfectly fluent in English. Um, man, the guy's a killer. He has tons of charisma. He's gonna be he's gonna be the Korean Dave Batista man, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, I'd be happy. So Yeah. So this entire episode, instead of it being about training to Busan, it's just <laughs> about him. Because I mean <laughs> Yeah, if we were yeah. to give my rating for just Dong Lee, it might be higher than the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I uh is there anything like that sticks out to you guys that you was you know, I, I know we talked about some things like the the main antagonist should have got a more rough death. But anything particular that stood out to you as not being as good, other than I know you had said the soundtrack, but any issues that you guys had with it? Um, and if nothing comes to mind, I can kick us off. Like for me, I, the runtime was a little long. If I'm being honest, I, I don't think that it needed to be. Yeah, it's about two hours, maybe a little over two hours, and. Uh, you know, for people that are listening, we've we've said in the past that we tend to be a little more hard on movies that we enjoy, and I, I think I'm sounding like a bit of a Debbie Downer. I did like this movie quite a bit, but uh, that being said, it, it I felt that it overstayed its welcome a little bit, and I think it, it falls trapped to some Korean drama style stuff where there's a lot of lingering on really pretty people's faces for a little bit longer than we need, um, unless that person is Don Lee, like we've said, but still, uh, <laughs> quite a bit of padding, it felt like. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I felt like it could have been like a solid hour 40. Um, and, yeah. you know, maybe they, they dragged it out with a bit of lingering shots. But I was enjoying it enough that that's not really affecting my 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 love of the movie overall. I was like, okay, you know what? It is good to look at. I'm invested in what's going on. You can have the extra, you know, 20 minutes of my time. And a lot of <laughs> movies I'm not yeah. willing to say that for. So, Yeah, fair enough. Um, I want to point out how I, I'm not I'm no glass expert, but the glass seemed really strong, um, <laughs> especially for like holding the zombies back. Yeah, it's that premium like Korean the, build. How the glass behaved <laughs> felt really inconsistent. You know, sometimes it'd be like only pressure is going to break it out, and sometimes it's like if you just hit it for long enough, it'll break. I, I don't know, like the glass, it felt like it broke differently every time, um, to great dramatic effect but still kind of yeah. like I didn't know when to expect something was going wrong with the glass. Yeah. One of I think one of the most like one of the best moments of tension in the entire movie is when we're pretty close to the end and the train has crashed <clears throat> by this point and it's just, you know, the dad, his daughter and the pregnant woman that have made it at this point. I, I think the homeless man's still with them as well. Uh, but they're trapped under a train car that's like at a 45 degree angle. And you just see the silhouette 
of like frosted glass with all these zombies behind it. And you start hearing cracking and you know at some point if they can't get out, it's gonna fall. And eventually it does, but that's a really, really cool scene in my opinion of just seeing, knowing that you're on a, a time crunch without ever like having a character explicitly say like, that the glass is gonna break and we only have so much time to get out. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that entire scene where they had to, um, near the end where they had to go from that train to like the, the last, the, you know, the front of the train or whatever. That was, I, I honestly thought they were going to like die cause <laughs> they were just swarmed by zombies. Yeah. That was high. Tension. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, if they had an eight ball, it would say, awesome. Uh, outlook not high or whatever the eight ball says, but yeah, they were. It was not looking good for those guys at that point. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, near the end, like right at the end, uh, we mentioned how um, the the main character dies. I, I hated that, especially since like, you know, he 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 put his because uh, he tried to grapple the dude and he put his uh, hand over the dude's mouth, and if it was just a little lower, you know. He, that would have maybe happened <laughs> yeah i think like narratively it makes sense right because like we have to have this like we have to have some massive sacrifice for his daughter right like to to complete his arc of becoming fully selfish just fully selfless so i, I get the fact that he needed to die but it, it does become a little unbelievable when for the past 90 minutes we've watched this guy duke it out with other zombies and grab him by the shoulders, you know, grab him by the torso and seemingly he understands where his, his hand placement should be. And then in this last scene, he just, you know, full to the mouth, you know? It's a little too easy, man. You're yeah. playing on, on baby mode. <laughs> you know, we all uh, we, we all do the wrong move every now and again, you know? I'll fair we, you're for right. that one. We're yeah. a little hard on him, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I think, I think we're... Uh, all firmly in, in the place of liking this movie. I think we're kind of getting close to wrapping it up, but before I, I move us into our rankings, is there any final stuff people want to bring up? Any any lasting things that we left out? I'm ready to, uh, to hit this one with my ranking. All right. Zach, anything else <laughs> before we move into rankings? Uh, I think we're good. All right. Cool. Well, uh, Zach, you're our guest. I'll let you go first. Uh, and again, so for uh, people that are listening to the show that haven't listened to us before, we give it a final ranking with a fun, fun little twist. Something that is uh, doesn't have to be five stars or you know out of ten. Usually something that's twisted towards the movie. So uh, with that, Zach, what is your uh, Train to Busan approved rating of this movie? Um, I give this film uh, four out of five zombie deer. Nice, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, Hank, where are you coming in on this one? like this one a lot um i i always love to get you know a horror or horror adjacent film on the podcast and this one did a lot of new shit for me so i think i would give it a solid uh like seven and a half out of nine zombie baseball players nice <laughs> yeah i we, how did we completely leave out there was a baseball team uh, i mean you know by the end there wasn't <laughs> yeah that <is> a... <laughs> That is a uh, horrible point. Actually, so the cheerleader, the one of the main actresses, is uh, she is a famous pop star in Korea, and it kind of shows. She wasn't bad, but she definitely is like uh, not an actress in my opinion. <laughs> um, uh, you sound like all the bad guys in Perfect Blue. 
Oh, I know. I should think better of our idols. You're right. So sorry, Sujin Lee, or whatever her name was. Uh, cool. All right. <laughs> I'll round us out here. Um, so I like this movie quite a bit, uh, but I don't love it. It's definitely not up there in my, you know, I'm not going to put this in the best zombie or horror lists. Um, I think, again, like it, it definitely lives up to its reputation of being a really good transition into Korean cinema. Um, you know, but still, if someone were asking me for the money, I think something like Parasite or Old Boy or I Saw the Devil uh, is definitely going to be a much more of a lasting movie for someone to check out. But again, not every movie has to be so, you know, dramatic or lasting. Um, and I think in, in the realm of zombie movies, which is, as we've said, a genre that can get pretty stale pretty quickly, uh, this does a lot of stuff right. Um, and I would say, you know, technically, it's all there, man. You can't really go too wrong with Train to Busan. So if I had to give this a rating, I would give it two out of three Don Lee biceps. And the third one is beautiful, I bet, but it's off screen and we didn't get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Have we, yeah, no, this is... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, have we already talked about what we're uh, watching next week? Or We have not. So uh, next week, it still stands... Let me see, what day is it? We may, I don't want to make any promises, uh, and I know the fans usually hate this co-host, so I, I don't want to say this and have people not show up if he does come, but we might have Taylor back, I'm not sure, don't want to make any promises, I know that this would be like the earliest date we could have him back on the show, um, but we will be, uh, at least Hank and I, reviewing 2021's Candyman, uh, and this is directed by Nia DaCosta, and I'll read the IMDb blurb right now. Uh, a quote-unquote spiritual sequel to the horror film Candyman from 1992 that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. This is written and executive produced by Jordan Peele and stars Yahya, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, um, who you guys might have seen from um, 2019's Watchmen adaptation on HBO. Uh, really, really great actor. Uh, I'm super excited for it. I think Hank obviously is super stoked. He's definitely like our, our in-house horror guy. Um, Hank, any, any thoughts on Candyman? Watch Candyman. You muted, Hank. I said watch Candyman. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> Don't say it too much. I think I said it four times. I'm not going to say it a, a fifth time because I want to go said to sleep what? tonight. <laughs> uh, say the name of the movie next week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, we, we may or may not be watching the original 1992 movie for our Patreon. Again, don't want to make any promises, but I believe that's on Netflix or Prime. It's definitely on streaming somewhere for free. Um, so seemingly if this is going to be a sequel uh, and you've made it this far of the podcast, maybe you want to watch the first one. Um, and again, huge thanks, Zach. Thank you again for, for reaching out and swinging by the show uh, and having us revisit Train to Busan. I, it's been a long time. And again, that's Zach from Two People and a Podcast. Zach, again, Huge, huge thanks, man. It's been great having you on the show. You're a horse. Thank you so much for letting me be on the show. Absolutely. Cool. I think with that, that is uh, that is our review thanks of Train to Busan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>